Yo, what's going on, my friends? You got Mark72 here. Hope you guys are doing well, the mindset investor. Hey, I, you know, I just want to share with all of you, I was actually a guest on my boys podcast, Brennan Boyd. He's out of California. He's absolutely crushing it with his mindset as a realtor. You know, just an awesome dude and uh, blessed to be a guest on his podcast. And, uh, you know, just wanted to pay it forward. And uh, just wanted to share the podcast with all of you and uh, push some traffic to my man Brennan's podcast as well because he has some phenomenal guests. So enjoy the show. Take care. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Podcast where we connect with entrepreneurs, movers, shakers, and business owners who are all building amazing things on the pursuit of their goals and dreams. And I'm your host, Brendan Boyd. Hi guys, welcome to the Honor Pursuit Podcast. Uh, today I'm sitting with uh, with Mark Smith. You know, on on this podcast, we like to connect with people that are on the pursuit of their goals, on their dreams, that are making different things happen. Um, Mark is someone that I connected with through uh, Clubhouse, um, through one of um, Tim's stories. What would you say? Club, that's one of his houses, one of his clubs, right? Yeah, one of his houses, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, just listening to you when you had an opportunity to share and just kind of just going through it. I, I was like really naturally gravitating to you for some reason, you know? Okay. Um, so I checked out your Instagram. I learned a little bit more about you while I was paying attention, you know, couldn't really get too deep into it, but something told me to reach out. Uh, something told me to, 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 uh, to dig a little deeper. And, um, you, you know, to me, you were someone that I wanted to talk to someone that seemed very interesting. And, um, and that's what kind of led me to reaching out and wanting to, you know, just, I bring you on and just have a deeper conversation with you. Well, I appreciate that, man. Thank you so much. What what, a, what an honor. Yeah, like like I said, uh, I was telling Mark right before we got on that you got great skin, and I hope you I hope you are uh, you bottling up a skin routine and sharing that with people. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that the lighting or what? What are you doing? It, it's it's probably the lighting, and I drink a lot of water. <laughs> yeah, 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 I do the same thing. I, I think a lot of people uh, kind of discount the impact that water can have. And um, I kind of liken it to when I see people just out walking around, I feel like there's a high percentage of people that are just dehydrated because they're, yes. they're not drinking enough water, you know. So that's really like a secret that I feel like people can really tap into. And all you got to do is like turn on a faucet. You know, hopefully you got a Brita or maybe some bottled water, but that's all you really need. How, how much water would you say you drink a day about? Uh, so I'm doing about four liters a day. So I'm doing a gallon a day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I did 75 hard Ooh, okay. last yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and for a gallon of water was one of the one of the requirements. So yeah, I did it. I did it too. Actually, it it kind of stuck with me, man. I, I I'm kind of still doing it. Good. Yeah, That's what it's yeah, meant like, to be, uh, right? Yeah, like the water. Yeah, exactly. Right. So the water is something that uh, for me, you know, it was hard to do. You know, um, I had to figure out a, a process to it because I originally started with um, multiple bottles. Mm, yeah, I multiple bottles, right? Sure. Uh, then I was like, you know what? Let me see. Let, let me see how, if I can do it better. So then I just I condensed it down to like uh, two one point five liters. Yeah. That's three. I think it was like two twenty ounces. Then I got everything I needed. Nice. Uh, then I was like, I need to just order like a gallon, right? That's so what I, I did. Got, I just got the gallon. I just pour everything in there. Now just take it in one shot. And normally I, I I've been finishing up right around uh, lunchtime. So it's been yeah. pretty good. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I feel the same way when I got my workout in the morning. Most of my water's done for the day already. So I'm not waterboarding myself at nine o'clock at night, right? So Yeah, I've done that a few times. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> so there's a bunch of questions I wanted to ask you, and and um, you know, hopefully you'd be so kind to elaborate on on a bunch of things, and we can learn a little bit about your world and what's going on like that. So Absolutely. I see the cards behind you, right? And um, you know, one of the things that you preach is this seven two mindset. So can you get into that? Like, can you explain that a little bit to to the listeners? Sure, what absolutely. The seven two mindset. Absolutely, I'd love to. You know, um, so there's really two components, and it's funny because yesterday I was on a, on a phone call with Tim Story, and we we're talking. We're starting to see this seven two movement, and and it's really growing. And it's I, I didn't realize it was a movement. Um, so basically, I'll, I'll break this out. So you got seven two, and then mindset investor. So the first thing is I'm a mindset investor. Um, mm. And a lot of people will say, what is a mindset investor? Well, when we invest in our mindset is that is the only return on investment we have control over. And so, you know, through, through a series of events in my life, which I'll get into, you know, I got into real estate investing, but I realized real estate investing for me was simply a vehicle. Um, but I had to f- first work on my mindset. And then I made a bold proclamation that I would invest $1 million into my mindset and personal development. Mm. As soon as I did that, that was an internal measure for me. Um, and getting into the smaller rooms, being the dumbest person in the room. And again, like I said, that's the only return on investment I have control over. So thus far, I've probably put in just under $300,000 into my mindset. But just the growth from that alone has been phenomenal. And it's, it's crazy because most people won't buy a house because there's a foundation crack, yet they got a foundation crack between their ears. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. Right? And I tell people, as a, I'm an investor because I pour in myself so I can pour into others. My, my vulnerability is my superpower. And what I want to do is by, by, by investing heavily myself, then I can help others. So that's the whole mindset investor piece. Where the 7-2 comes from really comes from, you know, if I were to, to go back a bit, follow the, the pathway of most uh, immigrant families. You know, my parents moved here from East Africa and uh, the plan was for me to do medicine. And I went to university, college, plan was to do medicine, but I got burned out. So I opted to take respiratory therapy. And what respiratory therapy is, is really controlling ICU ventilators or life support. So when I was 19, 20 years old, my responsibility is I used to work in the in neonatal intensive care, pediatric intensive care, and adult intensive care. And I was the grim reaper, man. Like, although I was trying to help people breathe on these life support machines, I was also the grim reaper because I was told by the physician or by family that, hey, you know, we have to end life support. So I was the grim reaper. I actually killed seven people by the time I was 20. Um, wow. If I killed people, I turned off their last breath and witnessed it, um, watching people die in front of you. And you are the controller of that. And so the youngest person was uh, youngest child was uh, 14 days old. I've had a seven day or seven year old child. Um, and man, I mean, I've had mothers slap me. I've had fathers spit in my face and threaten me to death. Um, I was 20 years old, man. I had no idea. I didn't know how to unpack it, right? So my friends and I would go to the club. They'd go drinking, go chase the ladies. And all I wanted to do was be in the corner and drink. And because um, I was frustrated and I felt really helpless that I couldn't help anybody. Here I am and I can't help anybody. And I think that's where a lot of that stuff happened is where I said, I want to start helping people. I want to start helping people. And then I got an opportunity to get into sales. So when I was 21 years old, I got into high ticket sales um, by opportunity. Opportunity came knocking. I opened a door. I use sales as a leverage for me to really help people. And unfortunately, what happened is that I never unpacked a lot of that stuff that happened to me before. And I permitted to brew really bad relationships, uh, had a marital breakdown. You know, there was uh, the atomic bomb of, of divorce cases was thrown my way, which is allegations of, of domestic uh, violence, which was really, really sad. I mean, and 
in the judge had dropped all the charges and you've been through enough, sir. This is, you know, this is ridiculous type of thing. I've had my children alienated from me. And I went through this rabbit hole and, you know, and then I spent a night behind bars. And because when I was going through these false allegations and man, I'm on my knees and I'm in, I'm in a prison cell. And I tell myself, man, I'm in this, I'm in the safest place right now. I can't hurt anybody and I can't hurt myself. And it was with that realization. I said, enough's enough. Take mm. ownership. This is all your fault. It's not yeah. else's fault. Take ownership. This is your fault. You did this to yourself. And that's when the whip came out. And I, I quickly realized that was my lowest point and I need to do make a comeback from here or do something about it. So at that moment in time, I said, stop being part of my expression on your podcast. Stop being a bitch. Stop being a victim. It's time to be the victor. Whatever yep. it takes to be the victor at this point. At that point, I quickly realized and going where the 7-2 signifies, see, the 7-2 is the worst possible hand in poker. So when someone's playing poker and they draw a seven card and a two card, that's your worst possible hand in poker. And if you're playing poker, someone's going to tell you to fold that hand. It's a bad hand. In life, we can't control the hand you're dealt. We can control how you play that hand. So for me, I was dealt that 7-2 hand. I've been folding that hand all my life. And I got fed up and I said, every time I fold this hand, this is what happens. So now I'm going to play that hand and let's see what happens. And I played that hand. And because I played that hand, I played the odds. So a 7-2, the, the odds of winning that hand are 37%. So when you, when you change the narrative on your odds and thinking in bets, for example, thinking on the odds, someone can have an ace-king and they're at now 67% of chance of winning. Yeah. And it's just about a game of patience. Wait for the next card to drop. If the next card drops, it's a seven. Guess what? I have a winning hand. And I think there's a lot of people in this world, everybody for that matter, in this world was dealt a 7-2 hand with COVID. Now you had people yeah. that either said the government's trying to screw me, conspiracy theory and that kind of stuff. And there's other people that took that hand and said, I'm going to take this opportunity to invest in myself. I'm going to become a better human being. I'm going to spend time with family because I always say I don't have family time. So it's how you play that hand, right? Um, and that's what I do now is I work with, with so many individuals and working with so many amazing individuals and really showing them that it's not, like, it's not the circumstance that defines you. It's how you choose to play that circumstance. It's how you choose to play that hand that's going to define you. Yeah, I feel you because everybody goes through what, you know, what would be their seven too? Because like your like your version of that is no better than my version, but obviously it's different. You know, like like I had a rough upbringing as well. I didn't have parents around. I was around drugs and alcohol a lot. Um, you know, my mom uh, passed away when I was young uh, from drugs. My dad was never around. He passed away from AIDS. My grandmother yeah. raised me. She passed away from lung cancer. So we all got our stuff. Sure. Right. Um. So like one of the things that I wanted to ask when I hear you just uh, share that story. So when you were when you were locked up for that day, how how old were you at the time? I was uh, that was actually about four years ago, three and a half years ago, four years ago. Okay, so so that was recent. Very recent, yeah. That was recent. Absolutely. So so what what in that moment uh, made you realize that you know that you know this was like the point where you wanted to change, and then also like where did you get that that energy or momentum to then follow through? Because you you know you had mentioned that you kept getting that hand and and folding mm -hmm. and folding and folding. So what actually made you want to play at this time, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. So for me, what it came down to, what just came down to is enough's enough. Most people that hit their rock, not most, some people that hit their rock bottom moment, the easy button is just to end it. Go get a Glock, put it between your ears. That's it. That wasn't an option for me. That was not an option for me. And I said, I'm going to play this bad hand. No matter what happens, 
because I played it too safe all this time. I kept on folding that, that those bad hands. Yeah. Now like, the point like you kind of knew it was on this side because you kept doing it, but you didn't know it was on the other side because you never really gave yourself that chance. You got it, man. And yeah. you know, and that, that's why I respect the word choice. Everybody has the power to choose. The quality of one's life is based on the quality of their decisions. Their quality of decisions, quality of is going to be based on the choices they make. And that, it sounds that, so it sounds so simple when you say it like that, but but you're absolutely right. Um, the decisions that that we're going to make today are going to have an immediate impact on what's going to happen next month. You, you, know? you got it, man. You got it. And I think we have, there's a, there's a term, uh, she, the author's name is Susie Welsh, and she says the 10-10-10 rule is what impact does it make 10 minutes from now? What impact, impact does it make 10 months from now? What impact does it make 10 yeah. years from now? Now, that's super, that's super true. Like when, when you really give like a breakdown like that and, and, and you kind of give it a little bit more color in, in that regard, you like uh, digest it a little bit differently because most people are just making decisions as they go. You know, they're not thinking about the next 10 minutes or the next, you know, uh, 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years. They're not thinking about out that at all. They're just thinking about right now. And, and a lot of people are catching, you know, they want to catch that same feeling that they had 10 minutes prior or last weekend or last month. Right. I think one uh prime example of that is is like the viral trend that's going on right now with the crates. You know, I know I know you've seen it, right? Everybody's everybody first of all, where they getting these crates from? I don't know where the crates is coming from, but every have I mean have, have you seen it? No, I haven't. You haven't seen this is viral. You haven't seen this? All right, I, so so okay, so people are stacking these crates up like a pyramid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're trying to climb yeah, on these things. Climbing and up. Yeah, they're climbing up. So everyone is thinking about Okay, let me get to let me let, you know. Let me get these crates. Let me set up these crates. I want to try. I want to try. I want to try. I want to try. That's fine, but all of the energy and all of the momentum and all of the interest to do something like that—that's really going to have zero impact on improving your life. It, it in some cases may have impact on negatively impacting your life because sure. you could get seriously hurt. Yeah, I seen one. I seen one person post, and he had like this huge purple bruise all the way up from his like waist all the way up to his to the you know the top of his back people are like really easy to jump on something like that right well yeah for sure and there's two things for that right first and foremost people are going and trying to find crates and they're trying to do this but they don't realize all if all they have to do is look at themselves in the mirror and they realize that's what they're doing in life our lives are walking on crates yeah yeah. And you know, one shift, one shift in a wrong direction, and then we got that nasty bruise. One shift in the other direction, we can get to the next crate. And I think what people forget is I shouldn't say forget, we tend to do human nature tends to do this. And it re, it's a reflection of one big thing, which I'll talk in a second, but it's this temporal discounting, which is sacrificing the future for what we want today. And and that all stems from one big thing, which is our excessive attraction to our external self, which is yeah. our ego. It's yeah. our ego. So when I was on my knees sitting there, I had to kill myself. So I, although I killed seven people, I had to kill myself. I had to kill that ego. He was done. He was done at that moment. And at that moment, I said, part of my expression, I'm not sure if I could swear on your podcast, but F that, you know what? Yeah. And I'm like, stop searching for who you think you are and instead start creating who you want to become. Who you want to be. Yeah. I stand by, I stand by the same thing. So you mentioned the ego, right? So Back then, it seems like the ego had way more of an impact. It was like it was like navigating your situation, sure. like navigating your life. So now, 
um, you know, you like you said, you you, you one of your goals is to uh, invest a million dollars into investing into your mindset and then obviously into yourself, which which I commend. I think that's crazy. Um, last year, I mean, I I, I invested like thirty thousand in my education and just improving myself. Love and it. I already put another, I already put another, um, you know, twelve in this year. Um, nice. So I'm definitely with you on that. But like, as far as your ego is concerned now, how are you able to manage it and control it? Because it's still there, it's still present. How are you able to keep it in check now, where where before it was it was so different for you? So two things um, is so all of us have to go when we go through this journey. We have to become self-aware, so self-awareness. Then it leads to self-acceptance. Once we have self-acceptance, then it leads us to self-regulation. And I keep myself in check all the time. Hence why I get into rooms that I take pride in being the dumbest person in a room. My old self had to be the smartest person in a room. I had to be the one in, on the stage talking. Now I like to be in the background and listening and observing and taking inventory and then sharing my knowledge. For me, it, it's about that. And most most importantly, like I was a people pleaser. I mean, and I had to please everybody. So in some eyes, people will say, well, being a people pleaser is actually being uh, is being selfless. No, being a people pleaser or living in other people's reality is actually very selfish. We may think we're being selfless, but we're actually being selfish because we're protecting our ego. And it wasn't until I said, I need to make changes here. And I'm now what I'm doing is I've actually become selfish to become selfless. Yes. So that selfishness for me is me having a morning routine. It's me investing heavily in my mindset. It's me going through a purge of my friends and telling them, saying, you know what? It's not me. It is you. You don't fit in, in where I'm going and so forth. That's it. It's tough. Uh, family, same thing. You know, I tell people, in order to get the life you want, you're going to have to cut out the life you currently have. You can't have one foot in a dock and one foot on a boat. It's either or. What mm. is it going to be? And that's okay. I respect everybody's decision. But this was something I, I needed to do because I needed to survive. Can you explain? Can you, can you elaborate on that again? The the uh, the selfishness to be selfless. I think that was very impactful. But if you can give a little detail uh, for the listeners and, and and the viewers, that would be great. Sure. A lot of people probably don't understand that concept. No, of course. Yeah, I know. I get it. So being selfish to become selfless. I'll give you an example. Not even me. Look at the Mamba mentality. Kobe Bryant. He was one of the most selfish human beings there was. But he was also the most selfless human beings that ever existed. Look at what he poured into himself. He was at the gym lifting weights at four o'clock in the morning. He was doing all those things. I mean, he would always push and push and push and push. He was very stoic, kept his emotions back, you know, and then he would, he would freedom through constraint, have his time blocks for family. Yeah. But he knew what his mission was. He had to be selfish to become selfless. And that's why he's like a legacy. In his passing, uh, Michael Jordan, the same thing. And, you know, I tell people this is Tim Grover's book, Winning, talks about this, the dark side of winning. When people win the NBA championship or Stanley Cup or it doesn't matter what award, you see them holding it and they're crying, they're crying, they're crying. They're not crying because of pride. They're remembering all their sacrifices they had to make. Yeah. They remember all the times they had to say no to people. So that's yeah. what I mean about being selfish, to say no to things not violating your core values, you know, being intentional. If it's in the calendar, don't violate that. Having your morning routines, have your evening routines, all those things. So it's about being, you know, it's like putting a moat around you and protecting yourself. So I'm very, very intentional who I speak to. You know, I'm very, so I'm a social butterfly. I'm an extrovert on steroids. 
but I've had to now become selfish to protect what I'm building. Yeah, so you're both then. You know, what, what do they call it? An introvert? At that, that's the extra. An omnivert? Probably, yeah. And, yeah. and I've had to force to become that because before, as an extrovert, and there's nothing wrong, an extrovert gets energy from others. An introvert gets energy from within themselves. Mm-hmm. And what I've had to do is I'm now working on creating more energy from within because I'm tapping into my potential. First of all, what you just said right there is is so impactful. And I hope people really understand that. Say that one more time. You you had to start to tap from within for the for yeah. your energy. You have to tap in 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 because the potential is in all of us. I mean, I, I don't want to get into tangent with the spirituality and, and meta meta energy and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we're energy forces. Yeah. Right. Like, look at the energy that's in our bodies. But I we mean, have the to- energy led me to you, man. I mean, I'm be honest. Like, there was there's a lot of people that were on, on um, you know, in the clubhouse, like. How I even started how I even started our our um our podcast like I felt I felt led to you know reach out to you and and see what you had going on and learn mm-hmm. more about who you were and and you know get us on this stage so we could share your story um that. but that's the energy exchange I'm pretty sure you know people that are listening and 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 you as well you call somebody or you reach out to somebody and they're like I just thought about you or it's like mm-hmm. yeah you probably sent that wave out. And I just caught it. I felt that. And then I reciprocated it, you know? For sure. For it happens sure. happens all the time. When you're at a high vibration, you attract high vibration individuals. And that's what happens, right? So, you know, the thing about our inner potential is that we have to work within because if we don't, we have nothing to put out. Tim and I were talking about this. We were, And I said to Tim, I asked Tim and I said, you know, where do you think in your zip code or town, city is the greatest source of, of energy? that has more energy than a nuclear power plant or all of them combined. And he asked, he turned it back to me because, well, what do you think? And I said, well, I believe it's a cemetery because Um, how much potential of energy got put six feet under there could be cures for cancer, for AIDS, for living on Pluto, but people were scared or people didn't want to tap in or didn't have someone pushing on them. I asked Tim, Tim, where do you think the greatest source is of energy? And he goes for a zip code 90210. I'm like, why is that? And he goes, because of how many people got handed their life to them in that, hey, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big Hollywood producer. I'm an executive. Here you go. Here's the keys for your 25-bedroom mansion. Those very people, they don't know how to fight. They don't know how to tap into their own potential to serve others. Both of those are, are crazy to think. I definitely agree with you in terms of a lot of that energy is probably in a cemetery. Like you said, people that just were afraid to, to step into who they are um afraid to take risks you know afraid yep. to get uh uncomfortable yep. or you know or they were just led by different forces you know like for instance like my mom i remember when i was a kid and i was hella young but my mom would always say you know i want to be a writer she would always say she wants to be a writer and things like that and you know she she got addicted to drugs and i think it was the relationship that she had with my dad that kind of like got her through that direction at least that's what i feel there's a movie called the place beyond the ponds it's one of my favorite stories uh, in movies, because of the the dynamic between the son and the dad, and I really feel like that's kind of like what my experience is. Like he never really met his father, but there's things that the son has just inherently inhabited. That's basically how the dad acts, right? So I'm sure. like, I wonder what I have or how I operate. That's very re- you know reminiscent of my dad. You know, to go, to kind of go back on the cemetery thing. There's there's so much fear that people have. Uh, you know, present of why they won't, you know, push forward or like you said, maybe there's no, no one present to um encourage them or hold them accountable. 
So they get stuck in that loop and then time's just up. And then that gift that they were given at birth to share with the world and never blossoms because they couldn't get out of their own way. Absolutely. And that, a lot of that's, that fear stems from conditioning. Yes. Conditioning, environmental conditioning. And, you know, there's uh, RJ Ecker talks about this in his book, which is there's an acronym, which is PTFAR. So PTFAR. So, and PTFAR is basically programming leads to thoughts, thoughts leads to feelings, feelings lead to actions, action lead to results. And the P is the most important part because that's the programming. That's the language in our, in our mindset that could be changed. It's like a computer could be reprogrammed. It's the conditioning. Yeah. I say that all the time. It's like people are quick to update their iPhones and the iOS systems or the Androids or whatever, but they don't take the time or even think to upgrade their mindset. Absolutely. People spend more time on planning a week vacation and, and planning their whole lives. Yeah. And why? It's because they're fearful. They don't want to face the music. Entrepreneurs. When you're working towards leveling up your personal life and business, you don't have to do it alone. Join a group of other entrepreneurs all looking to build and collaborate with like-minded people. Trial the Winner Circle for just $1 and gain access to daily motivation, meditation, reading, group coaching sessions, and economic support. Join the Winner Circle at jointhewinners.club. So to shift gears a little bit, you have mentioned uh, you got into high-ticket sales. Yes. So how did you um, start down that journey? And then what's your relationship with sales now? Because from what I from what I see, what I've you know, researched, you know, you seem like you're 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 really crazy about sales. Like sales is, is definitely um, important to you. Right. So let's talk about that a little bit. I guess we're all salespeople. We're born salespeople. Everybody's a salesperson. And for those listeners that are saying, no, he, this guy's this guy's, you know, bullshit. And I'm not a salesperson. You're the best salesperson because you just sold yourself a why you're not a salesperson. Right? Sales is communication. So how I got into high ticket sales was, is uh, again, when I talked about me working in a hospital, all that stuff, and I wanted to make an impact on another side of that. So there was an opportunity that came up in a medical sales uh, side. And interestingly enough, I was actually selling life support machines. Mm. But healthcare is interesting Healthcare is like the most old-fashioned area, uh, area when it comes to industry. Like it's almost like you could think of how much technology we use in our phones and our, our, our MacBooks and that kind of stuff. Healthcare is still like MS DOS, and the reason is is because they say something. If you want to change something, uh, you're going to make enemies. And people used to ask me, "What do I do for a living?" I said, "I stand in line, stand in line to get my face slapped." Right. So <laughs> I had to learn very quickly of how how to win in this is high ticket sales game. Number one is I was young. Okay. And number two is I didn't have the experience, but I had the passion. I had the hunger. I had the desire. And three, I'm a colored dude. Yeah. So what's going to happen here? So I really had to go deep and deep and deep and deep. And what I, what I realized is what my skill set was, is I wasn't investing in the product. I wasn't investing in the service. I was investing in the relationships. And the thing about sales for me, it's not how much, it's not where your quota is. It's not, uh, it's not how many you sell. It's how many people you impact and how many people you serve is going to be directly proportional to your compensation. Yeah, 100%. I believe that. And that was my X factor is I, relationships were everything for me. It wasn't the sale. And, and it still is. I mean, relationships are king. I tell people all the time. 
is invest in the relationships and the rest will take care of itself. So if you're investing in, so, so if we could take a couple of cues from, from the podcast so far, investing in relationships, right. is directly in proportion with, with, you know, your income or, or yep. your lifestyle or whatever the case is going to be. Yeah. And then you also mentioned, um, which I think is huge. They're both huge is, uh, and that investment or that constant investment in yourself. So if you're investing in yourself, like, you know, like you said, you pledge, you know, you want to spend a million dollars, probably at some point, even more of that on developing yourself, you know, just on you becoming better and you're developing and investing in these relationships. What do you think those are going to bring someone that's doing both of those things? And that was going to tell you, I was going to actually just share it to you right now. And that's where we, we, we mend the two together. And that top of that pyramid is simply something very simple. We're the asset and we need to continue investing in us. That's why other people invest in us. And I tell people that if you're not willing to invest in yourself, you have no right to have anybody to expect anybody to invest in you. Doesn't matter if I'm selling a house, I'm selling a car, I'm selling a hat, I'm selling a service. And that's why? really the magic point. Okay, so two things here. Number one, um, why do you think people find it so difficult uh, to invest in themselves, you know, based from, from your perspective. And then secondly, why, why does it seem like it's very common for people to stop educating or stop growing after they get done with, you know, let's say high school or university? Number one, your first question, uh, instant gratitude. We live in a, we live in this instant gratification world. I, I'm, you know, it's uh, people have quickly shifted from what they need to what they want. So I think instant gratification mm -hmm. is a big part of that. So I think that's the first thing, which is, again, instant gratification. What does it do? It fuels our excessive attractive to attraction to our external self, which is our ego. The second thing is life happens. And I think what I believe happens is, is people just go with what's easy and they go not with what's easy. Let me rephrase that. They, they do that to conserve energy. See, our bodies, we talked about energy before. Our brains are designed to conserve energy, not expand energy. By natural force, they go in conserving energy, and a conserving of energy is simply survival. You know, and so to go in that survival, what we're doing is we're sacrificing enjoying the moment now, but we're going to pay for it later on versus leaning into the pain now to get the paradise later. That's why I find a lot of people seem to have uh, like health issues. Yes. Because, you know, they want to eat whatever, drink whatever, smoke whatever, uh, don't work out, consume large consumptions of the things that I just mentioned. Um, and then when they get a little later in their years, they start to have issues, right? Yes. And then they, they may end up leaning on uh, more, more medication, which if you're leaning on a lot of medication or medication in general, depending on what you're taking, it's going to have certain side effects, which is going to lead to more medication. And then next thing you know, the quality of life isn't that great. You know, to your point, it all stems from um, from that, like that delayed gratification. You know, I think a lot of things that, that you shared today, like you put it in very uh, simple context. And I think this is another one when you really look at it. It's like, you know, we all, like you were saying earlier, we all have a choice and, and the choices and decisions that we're making right now are going to have a direct impact to the next moments. Like if I didn't, you know, send you the link to get on the podcast or if, or, or if you didn't make the time, if I didn't make the time, we would be both doing something else. That's the decision that we made. You know, then that's going to impact, like you said, the next 10 weeks, 10 months, 10 years, or whatever the case may be. And we're just talking about us speaking, right? We develop our relationship. But if someone 
um, like in my case, like my mom, she made a lot of decisions that led to her death at a very uh, early age would, would affect it, you know, the son that she had and just her quality of life and her friends and relationships or whatever the case may be. But for whatever reason, you know, she couldn't get out of feeling like she needed to um, continue to chase that, 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 that feeling that she got from the substances, sure. you know? And a lot of us are doing that, even on a smaller scale. It, it could be even just from from this thing, you know, like this thing, this thing by itself, like could could make someone, um, you know, take them off course. You know? Absolutely, that's a weapon of mass um, destruction. We just pulled up, man. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. And so, and to answer and to answer what you were saying there, or to, to comment what you're saying there, decisions and choice. Think of a tree. So you got this tree. Now you think you make a decision, you got a branch that comes out. And then from that point, you make another decision. And so essentially you have the tree, which is, which is their decision. And the branches and twigs are basically all the potential outcomes for that one decision. Or that one decision, yeah. So I tell people, it's like me deciding to go jump in a swimming pool. The decision is one thing I have control. I have no control over the outcome. So luck plays into it. I can go and take 10 courses on how to be the best, the best driver. I jump in a car. I'm going through a green light because I'm supposed to. And some jackass is going to go through a red light and destroy me and kill me. So what we need to do is we need to equip ourselves or make our own luck. How do we make our own luck? If I'm going to jump in a swimming pool and I need to swim to the other side and I don't know how to swim, my luck is going to be I'm going to drown. That's my luck. But if I learn how to swim, I can still drown, but I've improved my own odds. And I think that's what people have to do is make their own luck, improve their own odds. You don't want to get a heart attack? Anybody can get a heart attack. I mean, how many people are so healthy get a heart attack? But improve your odds. Do the small things. Don't eat that bag of potato chips and an extra large pizza every night for dinner and breakfast. Again, yeah, choice. <laughs> choice. Right? Now, 100%. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right with that, right? So improving your odds. Like, like you said, like, you know, anything can happen to anyone at any moment. But if you're doing the things that are going to um, put you in the best position, you know, like like you so eloquently put, improving your odds in every situation, um, you know, you're going to lessen the opportunity for you to be in a situation, but you're also going to improve your odds of, you know, being successful when you put in various situations, you know? Absolutely. Um, and then that can also have, an, have such a positive impact on the lives of other people because now you're leading from example. I mean, you're, you're, you're coming through prepared, right? And you're a beacon of light because other people can see you or they can hear your story or or read about you. And then that can inspire the next person to do what you did or even go a little further, you know, because they can see you you as an example. One of the other things I wanted to ask you is, uh, Mary, so are you still still married right now? No, you know, I'm in another relationship right now. Um, So I'm still going through this divorce. It's about $200,000 and counting. Um, yeah, I saw your post on that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And yeah. it, it is what it is. You know, one person, it, it takes two people that want to get it done. And unfortunately that's what has to happen. It's, it's, it's been a, uh, forget about the money, the emotional drain, the collateral damage. It's really horrible. And I would never, ever want my worst enemy to experience what I've had to experience and what I've had to, you know, have, po- I've had post-traumatic stress disorder from it. I've had so many different things from it. Um, but, uh, I'm in another relationship and it's, uh, it, it's, it's, he's been a godsend and really understanding. Well, that's the question I want to ask. How, how, how important would you say having the right person 
with you on your journey as a, you know, in your life, but then also as an entrepreneur. It's so important, man. You know, they say behind every successful entrepreneur is a very supportive partner. We have to take it one one level deep, which is the relationship we have with ourselves. And for me, when I was this broken individual, I couldn't look at myself in the mirror, man. Like here I am wearing my $5,000 suits, living the life, bottles Cristal every weekend and these parties. Man, I couldn't even look at myself in my eyes. I couldn't, like I brush my teeth. I do my hair really fast. I had no relationship with myself. I didn't trust the person I was looking at. And if you can't trust yourself, you can't expect anybody else to trust you. Just can't do it. So it took me going, doing a lot of deep work on, on really self, like loving myself again. You know, Tom, uh, sorry, Tim Story says it best. And this, this quotation that he has said is my moral compass is my North Star, which is God's opinion of you makes man's opinion of you irrelevant. Yes. That's it. For me, that's where I started to love myself, went through that. And then having a partner that also you know, sees the journey you're going on. Now, it's not easy. I'll be honest. When you go through this journey of spirituality, it could create a gap between you and your partner because they may not be on that same journey. And remember, like I said, you have to become selfish to become selfless. So there's it, 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 it in itself, it brings other elements or dynamics. And that's why I don't sugarcoat it. I tell people you want to go down this. Remember, there is going to be some stuff that you're going to have to either compromise, give up on. It is what it is. But again, do you want your current life or do you want to, to the new life? Something has to give. And most importantly, I tell people and I give people this is that we all have a choice and a choice is we can either choose happiness or we can choose contentment, which is seeking the truth. I lived a life where I was chasing happiness and it was just basically quick uh, boluses of, of a cheap drug yeah. for dopamine. Like, like quick jolts. That's right. And yeah. so I changed that and I said, no, I mean, some people have said to me, man, you don't smile because I know because I'm seeking the truth. How many, uh, you know, how many people out there are smiling and they're like, it's just there. It's a disguise. That was me, man. I had the biggest smile on my face, man. I had to get teeth whitening. I used to smile so much. Right. But inside, I was a broken individual because yeah. I didn't want anybody else to feel my pain or see my pain because of my ego. All I wanted to hear is that guy has it figured out. Look at how, look at the guy's house. He has a 4,000 square foot home. Look how he's living. And where did that take me? That outside, the outside validation at that time. Yeah. Um, if there's a listener right now or someone viewing the podcast at the moment and they're, you know, they're at a, at a place in their life and they, they could be someone that you are describing, right, that, that could be going through some of these things, you know, what are some easy things that someone could do to start, you know, going down a different path, you know, to, 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 to make that finite decision that, like you said earlier, when you were, you spent that day in jail, enough's enough. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to keep folding this hand. I'm going to play a new hand. I'm going to play this hand that I have and I'm going to start to make some changes. But especially when someone has been doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over, how, you know, what are the simplest ways to, to, to break the habit? Number one is recognition. Recognition in that we all have a choice. If, if we continue down this, this pattern, it's a pattern. If we continue down this, it's a behavior that we're choosing. It's a thinking that we're choosing. We see this all the time, right? I mean, if I see someone I haven't seen in three years and they're living the same life, that means it's the same mindset they've been living. So it takes a lot of work to have that self-reflection, right? For that self-awareness, for self-acceptance. Because until we have the self-acceptance, we're not going to accept the regulation that we have to do for ourselves. Two is get help. Get a mentor. You don't need friends. More friends, more problems. 
You want to lose weight and you're all week, you're eating healthy, you're watching your macronutrients. Your buddies will tell you, hey, you, you worked out so great this week. Let's go for some beers and pizza. No, man, I'm working out. No, 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 no. You've earned it. You've earned it. Yeah. Get in a room of allies. An yeah. ally is going to tell you, no, you're not. And this is what we're going to do. We're not going to sing Kumbaya by a fire. I'm actually going to hold your feet at the fire. It's time to get uncomfortable because if we're at that point, we've been living too comfortable and we've created everything around us. We've brought it on. So it's about taking ownership. If we don't take ownership, we're not taking responsibility. Once we take that responsibility, with great responsibility comes great power. Is it like a, a, like a book or a YouTube or a podcast or a mantra? Like if someone's just starting, they don't know where to go at all. What is something that you would recommend that, you know, they could get maybe even for free, you know, since, since we all got these smartphones? Like where, like, where would you suggest someone start from? Because I think if, if there's somebody listening or watching right now that yeah. really is looking for something, um, what would you suggest? Sure. Great question. So first things first, I use this analogy. It's a Persian proverb. If a plant is not growing in its environment, you don't change a plant. You change the plant's environment. So we have to take stock of our, of our environment. What are we watching on TV? Are we watching the news and we're riots and this kind of stuff and we're fueling into it? Or is it fueling into our subconscious mind? What books are we, are we even reading? What music are we listening to? So we have to start looking. We have to start taking inventory of these type of things. Books are going to be powerful. Uh, a great book I tell people to start off reading is Mindset. Fixed Mindset versus by a Growth Mindset. Carol Dweck is a great book to start looking inwards. The other thing as well is, you know, jumping on, on podcasts like this one. Like having and just listening to this and taking notes from it, joining rooms and clubhouse that are about positivity. It's about the choices we make, surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals. Tell yourself, I want to be the dumbest person in a room and start seeking the answer, start seeking the truth. As human beings, we have a tendency of hearing what we want to hear, feeling what we want to feel and seeing what we want to see. That has to be thrown out. So if you're looking, if anybody's looking for some free, they're there. Look in the mirror, take stock. If someone wants to lose weight, what's the first thing they tell people? Empty out the pantry. Empty your life's pantry. That was, no, that was major right there. Say that one more time. Yeah, if you want to lose weight, they tell you empty your pantry. So if you want to make change, empty your life's pantry. Empty it. It's okay to be selfish. You have my permission. You have my permission to, to be great. You have my permission to, to go to the next level. You have my permission to take that ceiling and turn it into a new floor. If that's what someone needs, they need permission, you got it. But the question is, is how much are you willing to give up to be fulfilled? Because success without fulfillment is failure. Definitely. Success without fulfillment is failure. This podcast is all about connecting with, you know, entrepreneurs and just people that are on a pursuit, right? That are moving, that are shaking, that are uh, growing. You're definitely someone that, that is growing tremendously and investing in themselves on the inside and the out. So how are you working with your clients, right? And then what, what is next for you right now? Like what is, what is, uh, what, what are your current goals? What our, our major business is real estate investing. So what we do is we have a real estate investing firm. So we're investors. Uh, so we have a fiduciary responsibility to our investors. Uh, what we do is we, we do flips, we do new builds, and we buy apartments. So that's one of our businesses. And so that's one. And then we also have a brand agency. So it's called 72 Media. So essentially what was happening is I was really putting a lot into my social media, and I still do, 
make a heavy investment into my social media, I think I'm spending $120,000 just in my social media. Interestingly enough, someone two weeks ago said to me, you're nuts. You only got X amount of followers on Instagram. You got you know X amount of people on YouTube. Who does that? And I said, I do it because I'm pouring into others. It just takes one person to say. And so this, the 7-2 media brand is all about humanizing one's brand. Again, I'm a firm believer of one's vulnerabilities or superpower. So those are the different elements of our business. We have a real estate business. We have the brand business. I have a consulting business. We have multiple businesses on the go. Smoothness. And if a client wants to work with you uh, for real estate or with the media company, or as far as the consulting, is that uh, like coaching and consulting? Is that on business? Is that on social media? What is the consulting on? You know, so the, the real estate side is purely investors that want to make, we want to help people make money in real estate. That's all we do. Okay. Okay, we want to help people make money in real estate. As far as the 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 seven two media goes, we have a lot of professionals that want to work with us and really build a brand around social media and Clubhouse and all those different elements. And again, we want to humanize a brand. It's not going to be like a cookie cutter approach. A lot of our brand agency stuff, we've actually made a few people cry <laughs> going through it because it's like going through therapy because we want really? to understand that inner person. So we don't make them cry negatively, but it's like going to, it's like taking, it's like taking a client to therapy because when we're humanizing a brand, we want to know everything about that person, what they like to eat, what triggers them, what gets them going, what's their why and so forth. And their whole brand is based on that human element because authenticity can't be made up. You either are, you're not. So we have to get to that level of authenticity. So that's one aspect. Um, people come to me for mindset help. You know, they need, they need a kick in the ass with their mindset. And uh, like, so that's another element of it, right? So I've done mentorship as well. So we've done, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of it, but they're all related to one thing, which is helping others. Which is huge, man. I think that's one of the things that, that inspires me the most too. Um, and it's also one of the things that I that I pray about. Like I pray every day as part of like um, you know, one of my routines. Yeah. And one of the one of the things that I ask is is that um for me to be used as a vessel, you know, to yes. help and inspire other people. You know, like I, I really and I've done that in different career pathways up until where I'm at now. Obviously it's been through different ways, but I feel like where I'm at now, I'm really I really have the opportunity to really impact and help as many people as possible. And then, you know, to kind of go back on what you you know, have had just mentioned, as you're helping more and more people, you know, like that's going to help you get to where you're trying to go. Yeah, and it's it's and it's a compound effect because those that you serve are, you know, even if only ten percent to start serving others, it's it's a ripple effect, right? Yeah. So cool, man. I want to I want to really uh, thank you for uh, taking your time and uh, and sharing uh, your wisdom, your insight, your stories. You know, took a lot from it. Um, I know the viewers and the listeners out there. There's, there's at least one thing, if not a plethora of, of, of things that they could uh, take from and, and literally um, implement right away um, in their lives, in their business, um, have them think differently. Even if you're someone that's not necessarily struggling, 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 you might be someone that's just in a good place in your life. There's still a lot of things that Mark shared today uh, with this podcast, you know, on this podcast that can you know help even improve where, where you are and where you're going. So if you want to tap into Mark and learn more about um, the mindset coaching or the consulting, if you're investing, you're looking for more real estate opportunities and things like that. Even if you need help with with, with you know crafting your social media um, direction and identity things like that, where where can they check you out at, Mark? 
You know, the easiest thing to do is just everything's 72 mindset investor. So you want to go to Instagram at 72. So the number seven, number two, mindset investor. You want to go to YouTube, 72 mindset investor. You want to go to Spotify, 72 mind Apple, 72. Everything is 72 mindset investor. Explain that real quick. How important it is to have consistent branding? Because I think you just taught a lesson just in that. It's very important, right? I mean, if Nike, if Nike had 10 different swooshes, would Nike be, would people know who Nike is? So it's so important to have that consistent messaging, the brand, the signatures, everything has to be consistent because we're creatures of habit. As human beings, we don't like to think. So it has to be consistent, consistent, consistent. But also what it does for me, which is probably the most important, it keeps me congruent and aligned of who I am. And this is what I am. Like Tim Story says, he introduced me recently. He's, and he says, you're Canada's number one mindset investor. Mm. And he's like, you know, someone got that, that, that NFL player got seven toed because of what happened to them. You know, this executive got seven toed because they lost their job. So it's the consistency in the messaging. That's all. I mean, I want to, again, thank you before we uh, tap off. So I came out, I wrote three different decks, right? I wrote, uh, and when I say decks for the listeners out there, the ones that are not viewing, I made these manifestation decks. So I got, I got a manifest deck right here. Nice. Um, I have this. Let me grab this one. I got this uh, a firm deck right here. So one's really on thinking abundantly. This one is on self-confidence and self-esteem. And I recently just uh, got this new one, money deck. And mm. um, it just came out this week. So I actually wanted to pull one card for you before we end today's podcast. That, that would be cool. Cool with you. Cool. Love it, man. All right, cool, cool. So I'm going to just do a little little light shuffle right here. Nothing crazy. Sure. Cut the cards real quick. And then I'll pull one from the middle right here. And then I'll okay. just read it off. This one says, I deserve to be financially free. Love it, man. Yeah. So with that, man, I want to thank you uh, for your time and for your energy, for the opportunity to share and connect. And, um, you know, like you guys heard him, definitely check Mark out if you have any questions or if you want to look into him further. And, um, you know, we're blessed to have him on um, on this episode of On a Pursuit Podcast, man. So I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon, Mark. Thanks again. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. If you're an entrepreneur looking to experience ridiculously insane growth in life and in business without the pressure of procrastination and anxiety, you want to begin to operate from essence, a higher level of self-belief. You want to begin to operate as a daily beast. Find out more information at dailybeast.life.